Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. All right, welcome to another episode of Conversations About Light. Um, We're going to be talking about Luke 22, verse 47 to 65 today. But before we get into it, how are we going this morning? I'm good, thanks. You good? Yeah, me too. Very, very good. (laughs) Josh, you've got this little dance you do before Uh. each episode. (laughs) Do you mind walking the listeners through that? It's just a slow shake of the hands and a roll of the chest around and around, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you never get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to um, get a video recording of one of the episodes sometimes just so the listeners can understand yeah. the pure joy that that brings to me <laughs> every time the, the intro song plays. This this was an intro music that Josh complained about at the beginning, I think. <laughs> yeah, or was it was. It was. You didn't really like it. It wasn't country enough. No, yeah. I said it wasn't hardcore enough. It felt very gentle and moody. Right. <laughs> that was my complaint, but... It um, seems to have grown on you like a... Yeah, maybe I'm becoming gentle and moody. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark, how, how are you going? How's your head? I'm less uh, moody than... Um, how's my head? My head's good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> how's your head? You're wearing glasses for the first time. Yeah, my head's, my head's great. It's a bit weird wearing glasses, but yeah. um, I love that classic uh, deflection. <laughs> You look good in glasses. You remind me of your brother. <laughs> oh, I'll take that as a compliment. He's a handsome-looking man. All right, well, <coughs> let's jump into today's reading. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 22, verse 47 to 65, in the English Standard Version. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, 
how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. What are some immediate thoughts that you guys notice within the text? Yeah, Caleb, we we um obviously getting very close to the crucifixion now and um, I'm just amazed at how Jesus um, treats people and loves people. In this text, there's, there's Judas who comes to him, there's uh, Peter who's you know falling away rapidly and having a somewhat of a crisis. Um, even the the people striking him, they're like, prophesy, who hit us? And Jesus probably could have, right? He knows exactly who's hitting. I just find Jesus, um, when you look at look at him and his response and the way he loves people um, and the way he's facing up to all this is just, I find it incredible. And um, obviously there's some good character pictures here. We see Peter and Judas and the chief priests. Um, we get to see them kind of the the broken parts of, of of the human condition here. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Mark? Uh, yeah, I love what Josh says. Uh, Jesus really is a lot lovelier than we realize, and his strength is a lot gentler than we realize, I think. Mm. And um, I do, I, when, when you read a passage like this, you do begin to wonder how much heaviness do we put on ourselves that Jesus has never put on us. And when we really get to know Jesus and see Jesus, there's a lot of space in walking with Jesus to kind of um, experience ups and downs or misgivings uh, and and yet still know the kindness and gentleness and strength of Jesus. Yeah, um, yeah it's, he's remarkable. When Judas arrives to betray him, in the Matthew version of this text, Jesus calls him friend. He says, friend, do what you've come to do. So either wow. Jesus is lying when he's his friend or he's actually still loving Judas as a friend at that moment. I, I find that profound. I've never been betrayed unto death because I'm still here, as you can see. <laughs> and uh, I, I've, I think when people wrong, I guess it asks ask the question of myself, like when people wrong me, what's my response? Like, And here's Jesus going, friend, do what you need to do. How do I treat others? And also to see that Jesus always knows what we're doing. <laughs> he's like, Judas, I know what you're doing. <laughs> it's okay. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I just find that amazing and challenging. Like, how do I respond when when I'm disappointed? Even not not even betrayed, just disappointed. And w- what happens in my heart when when I face disappointments with people? Yeah, yeah. and it's not like we. It's not like we're ever going to be like Jesus in this life or get it right. Mm. As much as it is like, look at what He is like to yeah. us. Yeah. Um. You know, and and let's try be like Him, but. Uh, if you think even before this, Jesus comes out of prayer with anguish. There's blood coming out of his. I mean, that's incredible stress and anxiety he's experiencing. And then he gets betrayed by his friend. And then Peter cuts off the guy. I mean, guy's ear. There's this chaos, and no one's reading the moment. No yeah. one's understanding what's going on. Jesus has spent years explaining uh, what's going to happen and leading yeah. up to it. He's told them to pray that night, and <laughs> he's you know the hour of darkness has now come, and He's completely alone, and yeah. yet he's totally in control, calm, heals the guy's ear, um, doesn't tell Peter off in a terrible way, calls Judas his friend. You know, it's, there really is an aspect of Jesus. We, 
I certainly haven't taken enough time in my 40 years of life to consider and reflect on how in control of the chaos um, he is and yeah. how loving and kind, yeah. even in my chaos, he is, or the chaos I cause, yeah. how he still fixes it in a loving and kind way. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and that's totally right. Like Peter not reading the moment is exactly like us so often, right? Not reading the moment, he chops the guy's ear off. And Jesus fixes his mistake, like you're saying. You know, he's like, oh, Jesus has to put all this back together, what Peter's gone ahead and done. And I, I just find that so typical of myself. You know? Jesus, can you come and rescue the hurt I've inflicted on other people? And, and he does. And that's the moment. Again, Jesus is just incredible in this, through this whole moment. The guy who's arresting him, he's healing. So there's a guy come to arrest you. I don't know if that would be my first response. You got anything I can pray for? Like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I see your ears falling off. Uh, it's just amazing. You know, Jesus... Um, response. Yeah. He does also warn them though when he says, "He says, oh, you come to me in the dark. I know what, again." And Jesus, is like, I know yeah. what you're doing. You've come to like, you just come to arrest me now in the middle of the night. Yeah. It's almost this in in that this even still there. I think a small invitation, like, "Why are you doing this in the dark?" Mm. It's implicit that like you should turn to the light in a sense. You know? mm. Just amazing. Yeah, there's um, the guy wrote my utmost for his highest, Oswald Chambers. Is that correct, Caleb? He's yeah, it's you've corrected me a few <laughs> times, but I've tried to. I, I always get his last name wrong. Is that that's right? Yeah, yeah, it okay. is right. He he he. Um, he's got a very good devotional, and and one of the points that he makes in one of them is that there's lots of Christians who want to do things for Jesus, but very few who are willing to suffer with Jesus. And Jesus taught that the road mm. to glory goes through the pathway of suffering, and so the expectation should be that as we walk with Jesus as his disciples that there will be times where he leads us through suffering. And yet, Oswald makes the point that that's what we want to avoid, and, and we'd rather do things for Jesus. We want some sort of a yeah. strong, victorious, always defeating enemies. I'll chop the ear off. I'll chop the Give ear off. Give me that chop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I'll stand up for Jesus. I'll take ground for Jesus. I'll advance. And all of that, it, there's nothing in a sense wrong with that, but it, it's not the primary. It misses the point that... Yeah. Um, uh, we should be with Jesus, understand Jesus's will, understand what Jesus is doing, and often that leads through the the path of suffering, and and yeah. so that may mean that we become less popular rather than more popular, or that we just we just get confused about what God is doing in our lives, and that's you know that that's not comfortable or easy. Or I've prayed about this and I don't understand, and yeah. and at the end of the day, we just want to kind of get on with doing. And um, I think it's a good point for us to reflect on it why is it why is it that we would rather do stuff than just yeah. be with jesus just follow jesus um yeah. even if that is in an uncomfortable journey yeah and i wonder if there becomes a disappointment of doing like once you've done it for a while you go oh jesus is kind of void in this space like i'm just doing it and i think maybe that's something where peter gets to in his denial right he's like Everything I was doing, oh, we're following Jesus. I left all my fishing gear. I'm, I'm on board here. I'm carrying on. And now this? Are you kidding? Mm. And I think maybe Peter's the rest now, and he, he kind of gets the disappointment of, oh, I've done all this stuff, and this seems ex- ex- extremely disappointing. Yeah. And he, he has that sort of breakdown. It's also, I noticed the text says he was at following Jesus now at a distance. I think that's just interesting that he isn't it easy for us to get to that place where th- – where we come some kind of disappointment and we just immediately put some sort of distance between us and Jesus. Yeah. And I, I find that's most often the, the track we end up on, or I do anyway. It's like you, 
you have some disappointment and immediately your heart distances itself from Jesus and he's and that's a in a sense a dangerous place yeah. to be in yeah because you you're kind of separating yourself from Jesus and but at the same time I think the scriptures helpful in showing us that yeah this that is what happens you know we we have something and it's separate from Jesus and I don't think we're going to get to it in this text but Jesus does rescue Peter luckily yeah. <laughs> and brings it back later on yeah. so Jesus talks to Peter and says you're going to deny me three times or I said that yeah. before the night's out and as you say as you said Josh it, it, it was previously unfathomable for Peter but now we see him like kind of at this distance which must speak into our journeys with God and and what we are you know what when we're close with God and that what we think we're incapable of doing then at a, a little yeah. bit of a distance you know it doesn't happen it doesn't just happen like the next moment Mm. But little by little by little, we, we may find ourselves in places where we're willing to do things or consider things that we would have thought were just would never happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how many Christians have, have um, ended up in a position where they would have just, they would have thought it would be impossible for them. Um, and Peter's this great, uh, thanks, yeah. th- I mean, thanks to God that he's left the story of Peter there. Yeah. So Peter denies him, the rooster crows. And then this, I think one of the most powerful moments in all of the New Testament mm. occurs where Jesus in the middle of his um, unjust trial getting beaten and spat on and mocked mm. and he hears the rooster crow and somehow he manages to find Peter's face. I don't know like yeah. if Peter was somewhere in front of him at a distance, behind him, but somehow he turned himself to find Peter and to look Peter right in the eye. And Peter made eye contact with him, and he was cut to the heart. And the, why I think it's powerful is if we imagine what Jesus Jesus' face looked like in that yeah. moment, it's impossible to imagine that there's impatience or mm. anger or frustration. There's nothing in the scriptures to suggest any of that. It's the easiest thing. We have to read into it because it doesn't say it there, but if we, if we look yeah. at Jesus throughout all of scripture, what we mm. have to conclude or imagine is that it's most likely that Jesus is looking at him full of compassion yeah. and patience and kindness. And that's what cuts Peter to the heart, is he realizes what he's done yeah. um, and he, and he we- weeps bitterly. Yeah, that's right. I think I was saying before about the flow of, he said to Judas' friend, mm. he puts the, arresters, the arresting soldier's ear back on. It's just almost, and then to Peter, you can't, you can't imagine being like, Hey, what are you doing, you moron? Like that, just absolutely the opposite of Jesus. You know, yeah. so I agree with you totally. That that moment, which we don't have detail on, you can only imagine it's just, and that's where Peter breaks down. And says he weeps bitterly. So I think talking about a rescue from from our when we've put ourselves in a distance from Jesus, how do we come back from that? You know, yeah. Judas didn't. He pers- he kept pursuing his desire and ended up uh, walking completely. Uh, uh, you know, betraying Jesus, whereas Peter has this moment, and it's only by the grace of God, it's only the rescuing grace of Jesus, it's only the the kind of encounter with Jesus um, that brings him back from his kind of uh, distance and brings him close again. Mm. And I think it's profound that his repentance or his turning is captured with emotion. There's a, it's like something in his heart. He's just, yeah. I can't, I, I'm wrecked. Um, and I'm not sure repentance can happen without some heart change, right? Without something in the heart going, oh man, I'm, I'm exposed. 
this is who I am. Yeah. I need God. And sometimes I think we can cheapen repentance. Which, oh, it's okay. I'll just, I'll just say some sentence and move on. But I think this kind of moment shows me mm. how deep Jesus uh, reaches into him and, and kind of a profound moment. And I know, God, that we would encounter that kind of turning, you know, whenever, yeah. we, whenever we find distance from Jesus. Yeah. That's our only hope, right? Some, you know, yeah. Not doing more things, but encountering Jesus. Yeah, I think where you, you, and I don't want to go too far into this because maybe I'm just wrong, but, but let me just propose a thought. You know, we know how it ended with Judas. It didn't end well with Judas. He, he, mm. he took his life. Sure. There was a certain kind of repentance that was very inward and not restorative. Obviously, Judas thought what he did was wrong and his response was, was awful. Mm. And maybe one of the difference, the difference that we see here is that Peter has a glimpse of Jesus that connected to his repentance, that he also knows yeah. what he's done is wrong. But he looks at the face of Jesus and something of knowing the face of Jesus leads him to a healthy repentance. He gets to the end of himself, oh. but uh, with a revelation of Jesus. Yeah. And so in, in a way, you know, you, don't, you want to avoid a kind of repentance that's heavy on me and inwardly focused and it's kind of narcissistic and... Um, versus a repentance that in in sight of the compassion and kindness and beauty of Jesus who's staring back at me with grace at my worst. Mm. I am broken in my sin. I have come to the end of myself, but because of a revelation of Christ. Yeah, and I think there's something extremely hopeful about all of this in in a gospel sense that Jesus can rescue anything. Jesus is able to rescue Absolutely, and Peter is—he uh, denies and he's, he yells at the servant girl. Then there's two other people who he also yells at. The Old Testament, you were con- condemned other, under witness two two witnesses. You know, was you guilty? So he's, he's definitely—he's kind of gotten to his completely turned from Jesus, mm-hmm. and and yet God can can rescue. I think the the point being, our plans are always fickle mm-hmm. and un, like become unhinged. Peter's like. Total breakdown. What this is? I've I've done all this stuff, and now we're here. Breakdown, and his this is our plans. Kind of do that. Whereas Jesus' plans are completely secure, mm. completely um, eternal. Mm. And I'm just thinking of the the promise that that Jesus gave to to Peter. Like Satan's asked to sift you, but I've prayed for you, mm. and I'm gonna. And you're gonna when you come back, turn back and feed. But I think there's a gospel promise in that for us, in the sense that. Doesn't matter what happens, yeah. there is a rescue and a promise in the gospel that Jesus is able to uh, shepherd His sheep, yeah. to love them, to care for them, and to bring them through uh, the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, whatever it might be. There's a great gospel hope in, yeah. even in this story. And I think yeah, it's beautiful. When I've read this in the past, I sort of focused around Peter and how he's denied Jesus, but it's so evident that like the beauty of who Jesus is and his gentleness and his kindness and just what uh, going off the back of what Mark said, how as um, Peter caught a glimpse of Jesus, just realizing, well, it's actually all about like Jesus's response with Peter. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, I wonder how I am when people have wronged me or have hurt me. Um, if I can have that same look on them if i catch a glimpse of their eyes or uh yeah i i Mm. i I would struggle to Mm. put myself in that situation and 
have that same look that that Jesus had towards Peter because we know the end of the story. We know Peter's restored and mm. that's a hundred percent because of the work that Jesus was doing in him. Yeah. Um, so it's just yeah, the, beautiful. Such a beautiful story. Yeah. Just in closing, um, are there any thoughts or questions that you can leave us with either Josh or Mark going into this week? I'll ask one, but maybe then Josh has, I think, a good one about Jesus, and, and I'd like to ask one about the person, but I wouldn't like to end there, if that's all right. So what the text says is that the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord. So there was something in the sight of Christ that caused remembrance and conviction in Peter. And so the question I have for the listeners, for us, for me, for you, you guys, is have we come to the end of ourselves in the light and in the sight of the beauty of Christ? Are we spending time with Christ in a way that helps us to um, look upon the things in our hearts or lives and let them be revealed as they are? In other words, it's easy to get down on our sin and focus on that. And I think that I think Jesus' enemy would love that, that we just meditate on our sin day and night. <laughs> Versus if we meditate on the goodness of Jesus, then what is being revealed? And so the question is for us, have you got to the end of yourself in the light of his beauty and compassion? Don't stay there either. I think Josh has a better question to kind of get us up. Don't stay there because you can get stuck down. Yeah, Yeah, I think maybe following from that, it's just that that glimpse of the gospel, which is so good that God can rescue anything question then would be is there is there something that I feel that God can't rescue like is there a situation in my life where it seems like oh no I've given up on God rescuing this but God can so what can what what do you think God can't rescue the good news of the gospel is he's able thanks for joining us today To learn more, head over to perthchurch.com.au where you can find sermon resources that dive deeper into these conversations. If you found this conversation helpful, we would love you to leave a review and share it with your family and friends.